Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with the nursing of Moses as we pick up in Exodus chapter 2, verse 8. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. Even before you think your child can understand, begin its education and training. In the very first few months, it is so important that their brain be stimulated because all of these little neuron connections are being made back there. And they are being made according to the stimulus that the child receives. And so that's why they say have mobiles in the crib and, and colors that will move and, and all kinds of action to stimulate the development of the connections there during that crucial time because their future mental capacities will be directly proportionate to the number of connections that are made in those early months. And so Moses' mother did an excellent job, but God even saw she got paid for it. (laughs) I like the way the Lord operates. And so rather than losing a son, she gained a son and also had wages as she nursed him, and then she brought him into the Pharaoh's court and presented him, and then he was schooled in Egypt. Now, Hebrews tells us it was by faith that she put that little ark in the river. By faith, she refused to obey the Pharaoh's order, but built a little ark and placed the child in it. And by faith, Moses, when he came to age, refused to be called the son of the Pharaoh's daughter or to identify himself with the Egyptians. But he identified himself with the people of God. He refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter in order that he might enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. For he esteemed the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. That shows you that there was such a strong background in Moses. Now, not only a strong background, but a sense of destiny and God's purpose for these people was instilled into Moses. So that Moses when he went out in the field, which we'll be studying in just a moment, and found an Egyptian mistreating an Israelite, killed the Egyptian. And the next day, when he saw two Israelites striving together, and he went to break them up, when they said, who made you a judge over us? Are you going to kill us like you did that Egyptian yesterday? We are told in Stephen's oration in the, gospel, in the Acts of the Apostles, that Moses thought that they understood that God had destined him to be the leader to lead them out of their bondage. Moses thought they'd understand that. He had such a sense of destiny in those early years. Let's move on. 
And it came to pass, verse 11, chapter 2, in those days when Moses was grown, that he went out unto his brothers, and he looked on their burdens, and he spied an Egyptian smiting a Hebrew, one of his brothers. So he had this identity with, with the Hebrew people rather than with the Egyptians. And it had to come in those early years. And he looked this way and that way. And when he saw that there was no man, he slew the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Now, someone said this mistake was he looked this way and that way, but he didn't look up. <laughs> we make that mistake so often. We look this way and that way, and then we act, not realizing that God sees us. He tried to hide his deed by burying the Egyptian in the sand. Now, as I said, Moses had a sense of destiny. Somehow he felt, and perhaps because of the position, somehow he felt that he was destined to lead these people out of their bondage. He seemed to have this awareness and consciousness. He was surprised that they didn't recognize it. The problem with Moses was that he just got ahead of God. He tried to do what God wanted done in the ability and in the power of his own flesh. Knowing what God wanted, aware of the purposes of God, his big mistake was getting ahead of God. Now, this is a mistake that we often make. We know what God wants to do. We don't wait for God or His empowering to do it. We get out and we try to do in the energy of our own flesh what we realize God desires to be done. But I want you to notice how unsuccessful he was in trying in the ability of his own flesh to do what God wanted done, he was not even successful in burying one Egyptian. Now, when God was going to do it, he wanted to bury the whole army, which he did later in the Red Sea. We must be careful about this zeal that we oftentimes feel for the work of God where we start off without the anointing and the direction of the Holy Spirit to, in the ability and the energies of our flesh, accomplish the work and the purposes of God. We, like Moses, will end up in failure. The work of the Spirit can never be accomplished in the abilities of our flesh. To do the work of the Spirit, I must be anointed empowered and directed by the Spirit of God. And so many of my problems have arisen from this same mistake that Moses made. Having a consciousness of what God wants to do, having an awareness of the purposes of God, I try to fulfill the purposes of God without the leading and the direction and the help of the Holy Spirit. I get ahead of God. 
And every time I do, I botch things up just as Moses did. He tried to hide the Egyptian. Now when he went out the next day, two men who were Hebrews were fighting together. And he said unto them that did the wrong, Why did you smite this fellow? And he said, Who made you a prince and a judge over us? You intend to kill me like you killed the Egyptian? And Moses feared and said, Surely this thing is known. Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from the face of the Pharaoh and dwelt in the land of Midian, and he sat down by a well. So when the Pharaoh discovered that Moses had taken the side of a Hebrew over an Egyptian, he had determined to kill Moses. But Moses fled and went out to the area of Sinai, in the Sinai Peninsula. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters, and they came to draw water, and they filled the troughs to water their father's flocks. And the mean shepherd boys came and drove them away. That's, they stand back and watch the girls draw all the water out, and then they come and chase the girls off and water their own flocks. And Moses saw what was going on, and so Moses stood up, and he helped them, and he watered their flock. And when they came to Ruel, their father, he said, How come you're home so early? And they said, An Egyptian delivered us out of the hand of the shepherds, and he also drew water enough for us, and he watered the flock. And he said to his daughters, Where is he? Why did you leave the man? Call him that he may eat bread. Typical kind of uh, Bedouin hospitality. And Moses was content to dwell with the man, and he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. And she bare him a son and called his name Gershom, which means stranger. For he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. And it came to pass in the process of time that the king of Egypt died, and the children of Israel sighed by reason of their bondage, and they cried, and their cry came unto God by reason of the bondage. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham and with Isaac and with Jacob. And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. Now between verses 22 and 23, a period of about 40 years. And so it doesn't really show it in the text, but it is there. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Mount Horeb. Now, no doubt Moses' experiences there in the wilderness were going to be necessary experiences. Number one, while he was there, he was learning the lay of the land. As he was out there as a shepherd following the flocks through the Sinai Desert and around Mount Horeb, he became very well acquainted with the area. He knew where all of the wells were. 
He began to know a little bit about the weather conditions and, and really beginning to get a lot of good practical savvy on survival in the wilderness. These things were all to be helpful for him in the big project that God had for him in leading the children of Israel from Egypt to the promised land. So he was out there now learning in this school of experience, this wilderness or desert survival, which would prove to be very handy later. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I'm going to take a look at this and see why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush, and he said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Don't draw near but put off your shoes from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, for I know their sorrows, and I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians. So God began to speak to Moses out of the midst of the burning bush, first of all, warning him against approaching any closer telling him to remove his shoes. He was on holy ground, declaring himself who he is. I am the God of thy father, of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And then God declares, I have surely seen. I have surely heard, for I surely know. In, in the Hebrew it is, seeing I have certainly seen, knowing I have certainly known. Hearing, I have certainly heard. It's, it's an emphatic in the Hebrew. God declares the fact that he has seen, he has heard, he knows. These are the characteristics of God emphasized by Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Your father sees, your father hears, your father knows. These are characteristics of God that are always challenged by the unbeliever. Is there any knowledge in the Most High? How does God know? They feel that they can hide from God. They scoff at the idea of prayer. And yet these characteristics of God are emphasized over and over by Jesus Christ. How your Father loves you and His ear is open to your cry. And how He sees, how He hears, how He knows. But more than that, I have come to deliver. God just doesn't see and say, oh my, isn't that terrible? He doesn't hear the cry and say, oh, what a shame. But he does something about it. 
Sometimes our friends offer us great sympathy. They see, they hear. They say, oh my, what a shame. That's so bad. That's just terrible. Oh my. Thanks. But the Lord said, I have come to deliver out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good land, unto a large, unto a land flowing with milk and honey, unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. Now therefore behold the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Some of you have been very oppressed by people. You've been lied against. You've been rejected. You've been hurt. You think, oh, nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows what I'm feeling. Oh, yes, someone knows. I have seen also the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you unto Pharaoh that you may bring forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. And Moses said, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt? Now, 40 years earlier, Moses was gung-ho for the job. He started out to do it on his own, thinking surely they will understand. But his experience brought him such disappointment. And now the 40 years in the wilderness had an extremely mellowing effect upon the guy. Moses, you remember, was of the tribe of Levi. And we remember concerning the Levites, uh, the, the prophecy of, his, uh, of Jacob for Levi, cruel and treacherous, cursed be your anger, hot-tempered tribe. Moses had that hot Levite blood coursing through his system, that short, fiery temper, turned on the Egyptian and killed him. But now after 40 years, the fire is gone. He's not that short-tempered, ready to go to battle anymore. In fact, he has become very meek. When God said, I want you to go to the Pharaoh to bring my people out of the land, he said, hey, who am I that I should go to the Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of it. Who am I? An interesting question. I think that everyone who is called of God probably asked that question. Who am I, Lord? That I should be the one to do this. I think that it is always valuable that we have a sense of our unworthiness as being an instrument through which God might do his work. I think that God had to bring Moses to this place, but Moses carried it a little far. 
Who am I? God said, well, I'll be with you. Certainly I will be with you. And this will be the token unto you that I have sent you. When you have brought forth the people of Egypt, you will serve God upon this mountain. Now, he was at Mount Horeb. And when you bring them out of the land, you're, you're going to worship me right here on this mountain. This will be the proof. It was here at Mount Horeb that he received the commandments. Moses said unto God, Behold, when I am come to the children of Israel, and shall say unto them, The God of your fathers has sent me unto you, and they'll say unto me, What is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am hath sent me unto you. And God said, Moreover unto Moses, Thou shalt say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hath sent me unto you. This is my name forever and ever. This is my memorial unto all generations. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Exodus on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Exodus 2 through 3 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord be with you. May you be filled with the power of His Holy Spirit. And may you indeed walk in love that overcomes every obstacle and barrier that is built up against it, and thus truly demonstrate the traits and the qualities of the children of the King. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. For those who like to read books electronically on their mobile devices, you can now download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith's books to your Kindle reader or any mobile device, such as your cell phone. What a blessing to be able to have these resources with you at all times, especially when you're in a place to minister to another person. If you read ebooks, then you know the advantage of being able to search, find, and minister within seconds. And with all of Pastor Chuck and Kay's insights into biblical wisdom, 
This is a great opportunity to be able to gain from their book so you can share the good news with others. If you would like more information on how to download Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks, you can call the Word for Today customer service department at 1-800-272-9673. That's 1-800-272-9673. Or to download most of Pastor Chuck and Kay's eBooks online, visit thewordfortoday.org. Again, that's thewordfortoday.org.